0: This is the Good News Station, WCNO Palm City.
1: Sunshine Carpet Cleaning, a WCNO corporate underwriter, has been providing the Treasure Coast with the finest in carpet, upholstery, and oriental rug cleaning since 1977. Now Sunshine Carpet Cleaning can restore your tile and grout to their original colors with one-of-a-kind procedures. Sunshine Carpet Cleaning is trained, licensed, and insured, so let them put a little sunshine into your life. Sunshine Carpet Cleaning, available at 772-878-1188. Golden Rule Academy K-12 Private Christian School. As parents, you want to make the best choice to empower your child to succeed. At Golden Rule Academy, we have the same goal let us help you educate and inspire your children to dream big. We offer accelerated curriculum, reasonable class sizes, caring and involved instructors as well as art, music, physical ed, tutoring and extracurricular music lessons and of course sports programs including high school football. Our mission is to build confidence and to teach a love for learning. Golden Rule Academy is now enrolling for the 2012-2013 school year. Space is limited and scholarships are available for qualifying students. You can reach our office at 772-464-1597. That number again is 772-464-1597. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth Radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John eight thirty two says, "And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free." Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you.
0: I mean, one of the ways that we advance the kingdom of God is through intercession. When we take our place and we run the devil out of our territory, amen. we take our authority. Come on, amen. amen. How many of you ever bought a house or a car or, or something you ever had to sign a contract on? Let me see your hand. Anybody in here ever sign a contract for anything? Let me see your hand. Get them up high. Amen. That's just about everybody in here. I mean, you know when you sign that contract, that there are clauses in there, and that once it's signed by you and the other party that you enter to the deal with, that contract now becomes binding. Right? It's legally binding. You both signed it. You put your name on it. That means that you agreed to every clause, every stipulation, and every part of that contract. That word, whatever you bind on earth, is the word duo. Everybody say duo. It's just D-U-O. Duo. And in the Greek language, it's primarily a legal word. And that word, it just means to make a contract binding. You can't change it. Once it's binding... It's there forever. It's a done deal. You can't get out of it. So what Jesus was saying is, is I'm giving you access to the realm of the heavenlies, so that you can come up here with your contract. And listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews says that we have a better contract that's been signed by the blood of Jesus. And how I many of the Bible declares that God is a just God. Isn't that right? He's a just God. So what do I do when I pray? I don't pray. Oh, dear God, please heal Susie. Susie's such a wonderful person. Oh, God, we just, Lord, we just, we just plead with you to touch her with your power, your healing power. That's not. How many know that's not moving God at all? Come on, are you are you hearing me? That's not. That's not the basis of your contract. That's not the basis of your contract, that's not the basis uh, of what you sign, that's not in the clauses, amen? you got to come with your contract. See, if I, if I sold you a house and we did a contract, and I said, okay, this house has come in with the refrigerator and the stove, and then you show up at the house and take possession of the house, and you walk in there and you go, no refrigerator, no stove, that line bum.
1: <laughs>
0: and you call me and say, Jason. You said there was going to be a refrigerator and stove in this house when we bought it. I said, yeah, I know, but you know, I didn't have one where I had to go, so I had to take it. I'm sorry. But hang on a minute. It's in the contract. Well, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do about it? Well, if you ain't going to do nothing about it, I'm going to take you to court. And you go to court and you go to the judge and and, and the judge looks at me and he looks at the other person. The judge ain't going to look at me and go, well, Mr. Bumgardner, I see that you're a great man of God and a pastor and there's an anointing on your life. I understand why you took the stove and why you took the refrigerator. Don't worry about it. How many of the judge ain't going to do that? What's the judge going to do? He's going to let me see the contract. And he's going to say, I see here it says, you supposed to have a stove and a refrigerator in there. Now get a stove and a refrigerator in that house like you said you were, or I'm going to have to legally enforce this contract. Come on, does everybody see what I'm talking about? Amen? Mm. So what happens? Is when I come to the throne of God and I say, Father, this sickness has showed up at my house, but right here in your contract, in Matthew chapter 8, clause number 17, it says that you bore my sickness and you bore my infirmity, and with your stripes that I am healed. And God says, uh, Let me see that contract right there. Yep, that's what it says. Sickness, you gotta go, or heaven will have to legally enforce this contract. Come on now. When you tell poverty to get out of your house and it acts like it doesn't want to go, then what you got to do is say, hold on, wait a minute, i got a contract. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So devil, get your hands off my stuff and get your hands off my finances. I am the blessed of the Lord. I am the blessed of the Almighty. I have an inheritance in God. I've got a contract. Hallelujah. Now, you know what this will do? This will keep you from binding up the devil every day. Hmm? And him getting loose by tomorrow. <laughs> Come on, how many of you ever bound something up one day and it was already loose the next? <laughs> in one room, they was in there praying, Lord, we loose the Holy Ghost. Just loose the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking, who in the world is big enough to tie up the Holy Ghost? All right, Joshua 6. All right, we're getting into the message now. verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see I have. Listen to what he said now. Watch the language. See I have given Jericho into your hand. He told him that in the second verse. You realize this was before any walls ever come down, right? I've given you its king and its mighty men of valor. Now he says, the city was shut up because of the children of Israel. Now, Jericho means something. Jericho means the place of fragrance. It's the place of your gifting. It's the place of your reward. That's what Jericho means. The place of your destiny. It's a promise. Jericho was a promise. Amen? And what it, what's happening is, is it's trying to be contained. Your promise is being contained. It's, it's being locked away from you. Now, watch this. He said, he said the gates... The doors, the windows, everything was shut up tight. Hmm? Why is that? Because of the children of Israel. They surrounded the city. Verse 2, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you the city. Now listen very carefully. Don't miss what I'm about to tell you. Every time you enter a place in your life and the devil has locked everything down, just know this. That's a sure sign that he knows you've already got the right to possess it. It's a sure sign that he knows it's already yours. Come on now. Now the citizens of Jericho and its king said, we ain't got many more days till this thing's over. Let's shut this thing down as tight as we can. Let's bolt this thing in. Maybe we can fool them into believing that we can keep this territory. Maybe we can fool them into believing that we ain't moving nowhere. And the Lord said to Joshua, see there? See that, Joshua? The only reason the devil is trying to lock everything down is because he knows you already own it. It's already yours. I've already given it to you. That's why you've been getting the resistance you've been getting. That's why you've had the obstacles you've had. That's why it looks like nothing ain't moving. It's because it already belongs to you. The devil's in the last half hour trying to hold on to what's yours. Amen. I wish somebody would shout. Amen. So next time you see something tighten up, just look at oh, That must belong to me. <laughs> that must be mine. The devil's trying awfully hard to keep me from looking over there. I, must, I need to look over there. Amen. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. I mean, he began the whole book in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3. And this is what he told Joshua in verse 3. He said... He said, now watch the language, watch this. He said, Joshua, every place, the sole of your foot treads upon, watch this, I have given you finished fact, it is yours. The war is over. No, 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 you ain't heard me. I said, it is over. It's yours. It belongs to you. The war is over. Joshua, every place you walk, when you get there, you'll find out that it's already yours. It already belongs to you. But you're never going to know it's yours until you take a step of faith and walk on it. Hallelujah. Otherwise, the enemy's going to be there in your territory. Amen. Come on, somebody. Grace makes it possible. Faith makes it a reality. Faith makes it it a reality. Heaven paid for it. Heaven provided it. Heaven finished it 2,000 years ago. But until you show up and enforce it, you will never have it. When you get there, every place the sole of your foot treads. He says, I've already given it to you. So what does that mean? That means that my struggle is not over trying to defeat the devil my struggle is over my faith that's why it's called the good fight of faith it's a fight for your faith see the fight is for you to stay in faith Mm. Mm, some of y'all miss that the fight is for you to keep believing that your contract has the ability to perform what it promised. So when I show up, the devil gets nervous and he tries to lock down all my stuff because he sees me coming. But he don't just see Jason Bumgardner coming; he sees Jason with Jesus in him coming, and he begins to tremble and shake because he knows he's already been defeated. Hmm. I got to enforce it and occupy it. Am I helping anybody today? I'm almost done. Give me a minute. But this is so important. I want to make sure we leave with this understanding, this revelation this morning. God is trying to move us in the body of Christ from having a harvest mentality to having an inheritance mentality. i try it again. God is trying to move us in the body of Christ from having a harvest mentality to moving into having an inheritance mentality. So you can let somebody walk off with your harvest. You can let somebody just steal your harvest and go, man, I guess I just wasn't lucky today. I missed my harvest. But when you recognize that it's just not your harvest, but it's your inheritance and that it belongs to you, it's yours. I mean, harvest, man, to get a harvest, you got to plant a seed. you got to water the seed. you got to cultivate it. You've got you to till the ground. you got to nurture it. you got to do something to get a harvest. And inheritance is the result of something that you become, not something you do. Come on now. You have to become something. How many you know if, if Bill Gates writes you a check for a million dollars right now, that's a harvest? Huh? Isn't that right? You just reaped a million dollars and Bill Gates was the God that God used to bless you. Amen? But how many you know it's an entirely different thing if Bill Gates adds your name to his checkbook so you can write a check for a million dollars? Hmm? Come on now. That's an inheritance. Amen? But how many of you know I'm going to have to become something to Bill Gates in order for him to put my name on the checkbook? Isn't that right? If he's going to have my name, then I've got to be pretty important to him, don't you think? Amen? See, the reason why the ten spies wouldn't go take the territory is because they had, they had a slave's mentality. They had this mentality of being a slave. They'd come out of Egypt. They'd been in the wilderness. All they knew how to do was be a gatherer. All they knew how to do was walk up and pick stuff up off the ground and live off provision. They didn't know how to take territory. They didn't know how to step in faith. They were just living on what God provided. But when he said it's time to get off, and stop being a gatherer and start being a possessor, how I many know when you possess, there's going to be resistance? See, we always talk about, well, if I can get to the promised land. Oh, the glory land. The promised land. And we got this thing in our head that the promised land is a place of rest and a a place of beauty. But let me tell you something. The promised land was a place of walled cities and giants. They left the wilderness and went to a place of resistance. A place of battle. A place of walled cities. And God told them it was theirs before they ever got there. Your promise will come with resistance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah but it's your promise. It doesn't change the fact that God already gave it to you. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Hallelujah. They came back and they said, this land is everything that God said it was. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's got, it's got everything he said it was, but we like grasshoppers. We think like grasshoppers. We eat like grasshoppers. We live like grasshoppers. We just have a grasshopper mentality. We can't go in there. They'll kill us. How many of you today realize that most of the church in America today is not interested in invading or occupying? They just want to be average. They just want to go through an average life and live an average, have an average house and have an average job and and drive an average car and and go to average places and hang out with average people and do average things and have an average vacation and, and just do average. And when they die, they want to have an average funeral. And then when it's all over, a few months later, nobody remembers them except for the two or three people that loved them. Come on, talk to me, amen? Because God is looking for some people who recognize, hey, I'm not a slave to Egypt. I'm not a wanderer. I was born again to be a child of God. And if the planet belongs to my daddy, then the planet is my inheritance. Come on now. If the treasure coast belongs to my daddy, then the treasure coast is my inheritance. If Samaria belongs to my daddy, then Samaria is my inheritance. If Judea and Jerusalem and the uttermost parts of the world belong to my daddy, then it's my inheritance. Hallelujah. And if I see somebody on his property that don't belong there, I'm going to say, hey, get off my property. In Jesus' name. I think you ought to go here and act like you already own it. Amen. Here's what he said to Joshua. I've given you the city. They're intimidated by you. Remember, remember when the spies showed up at Rahab's house? They were scared for their life when they got into Rahab's house. And Rahab was scared of them. Remember Rahab? She was scared of them. They'd been out in the wilderness wandering. But this is what Rahab's testimony was about the children of Israel. She said, the dread... Of you has come upon us they were in the walled city of Jericho petrified about the children of Israel ever crossing the Jordan and when they came across the river they were scared to death the dread of you has come upon us that's why sometimes you might have fallen in the mud you might have screwed up you might have messed up you might not look like a Christian you might smell like a heathen and you can walk into a room and you can just walk in there and have the weight of the world on your shoulders. And you can walk in and you can say, in Jesus' name, and the devil will shudder. Shudder. Amen. When you say that word, Jesus, the dread of him has come upon the devil. Hallelujah. All those demons, they don't see, they don't see little Ethel anymore. They see Jesus. Amen. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you and all these people. Now, you know, there has to be an element of unity in the corporate house if we're going to do anything big for God. How many here really want to do something big for God? I mean, really want to do something big for God. If you don't want to do anything big for God, just hang out and pay your tithes and sit on the back row and be quiet. Okay? Because we need the money. But the rest of you that want to do something big for God, let's do something big for God. Amen. Hallelujah. It has to take unity for the kingdom to advance. Amen. He said, you and all this people, seven priests, seven rams, seven days, seven times on the seventh day. Don't you get the feeling God was hung up on the number seven? Yeah. We always say, well, that's God's perfect number. What it really means is the number of completion. Yeah. Right. It means finished, amen? That's right. That's right. In other words, he was saying, Joshua, it's yours, but there's a process that has to be completed in order for you to occupy it. Hmm? And during the process, I want you to walk and don't say anything. Keep your mouth shut. Why? Because most of the time we get into a position to move to another level and we undo what God's doing with our foolish talk. Well, I don't know. I thought I heard God. He just told you that this morning. Some of us come undone in three hours. <clears throat> Some of us it's a week. Can you imagine having to stand in faith for over a year and a half for a promise? Huh? Come on. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. We get ready to move to a new level, and we undo it with our lips. So God said, I just want you to walk and shut up. Just walk around Jericho and shut your mouth. Somebody say, shut your mouth. How I many you know, if it had been some churches in America on the third or fourth day, some blessed saint would have come up and said, Pastor, I think we should all just go lay hands on the wall and command these walls to come down in faith. We just, we just try to undo what God said to do. Because so sometimes we get holier than thou, God, don't we? Sometimes we think we got all the answers, don't we? Come on, how many know some, it's got a due season to it? There's a due season to the promise. Let me try it again. I know y'all are getting tired, but stay with me. There's a due season to the promise. Hmm. Your word has a due season on it. That's why Habakkuk says, write the word, make it, make your vision, make it plain, because between the glory and the knowledge of the Lord filling the earth and your vision becoming a reality, there's going to be a whole lot of mess that takes place in the middle of it, and you don't want to mess it up. It's going to come to pass, amen? So write it down, make it plain, and for though it tarry, it shall surely come to pass. And then it says at the end, it'll speak. It'll speak for you. We need to understand the war is over. Amen. Some of y'all been testifying about the day. It's about the day and the promise. It's about to take a shift where your promise is going to stand up and testify for you. You ain't going to have to talk about what God's going to do. What God's done is going to testify for you. And people are going to look at your life and look at your testimony and see the miracle in your life and see the prosperity and the blessing of God in your life and it will give testimony to the greatness and the goodness of God's word in your life. And you won't have to say a word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At the end of those seven days, they said, when I give the command, I want you to Shout. That word shout right there, is, it literally means an ear-piercing sound. Eardrum-blasting sound. It's not just a, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord sound. It's an ear-piercing sound. It's a sustained sound. And it was accompanied by ram's horns declaring the day of the Lord. You got your horn, brother? Get that sucker out. Hang on, I'm going to tell you when to blow it, all right? He said, Shout. For the Lord has given you the city. Everybody on your feet. Lord, all right? We'll count three just a moment. We're going to shout out of here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the Whatever has been, been keeping you from your breakthrough, those walls are coming down today. <laughs> Somebody shout with me, the war is over. The war is over. It is finished. I have my inheritance. It's a done deal. Jesus did it 2,000 years ago. I was set free 2,000 years ago. I was made whole 2,000 years ago. When he come up out of that grave, it changed everything. He finished it. The war is over. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to count the three. When I count the three, I want you to shout a victory shout as loud as you can. I want you to blow that trumpet, all right? And we're going to shout and hold it as long as you can, and then we're going to get out of here. You ready? Everybody ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. About to blow the roof off this place. Now the next time the devil comes to you and lies to you and tries to take your stuff, take your money, take your kids, you need to lift up a shout and declare it is finished. The war is over. Devil, you can't have my stuff in Jesus' name. Be gone. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this church. I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost, and I thank you, God, for this upcoming week. Lord, we thank you for opportunities to let our light shine. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to tell your word and spread the gospel. Father, we thank you for the victory that's already been won. And Lord, help us to walk in that this week, speaking it in our hearts, in the name of Jesus. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Everybody said, amen.
1: Academy K-12 Private Christian School. As parents, you want to make the best choice to empower your child to succeed. At Golden Rule Academy, we have the same goal. Let us help you educate and inspire your children to dream big. We offer accelerated curriculum, reasonable class sizes, caring and involved instructors, as well as art, music, physical ed, tutoring, and extracurricular music lessons, and, of course, sports programs, including high school football. Our mission is to build confidence and to teach a love for learning. Golden Rule Academy is now enrolling for the 2012-2013 school year. Space is limited and scholarships are available for qualifying students. You can reach our office at 772-464-1597. That number again is 772-464-1597. stanley recalls how his mom taught him to trust god in hard times
0: and i can remember how many times she and i would get out of the bed and pray and being a kid i was a little frightened so mom what are we going to do here's what she'd say we're going to trust god we're just going to trust god i didn't have any idea exactly oftentimes what that meant or how that would how that would happen and listen over and over and over again i saw god meet need after need in my ear still rings. We're just going to trust God. We're just going to trust God. We're just going to trust God. You know what she was doing? She was passing on to me by her lifestyle, by her difficulty, by her hardship, her trials, and the way she responded to them. She was passing on to me this message. You trust God no matter what. You trust God when you can't see your way clear. You trust Him when everything looks dark. You trust Him.
1: Charles Stanley on In Touch, teaching from a lifetime of walking with God. And Touch is heard at 8.05 a.m. and p.m. Monday through Friday here on WCNO.
0: This is WCNO Palm City, the Good News Station. Welcome to